Uh, anything we want to do before we jump in? I I watched some of the Joe Pesci JFK scenes to get to get the juices going. Yeah, <laughs> yes. The uh, shooters don't even know, man. Yeah, it's an enigma. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Midnight Boys Present Free Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Don't use our real names. Oh, sorry. <laughs> They're listening. I'm I'm using eight uh, go-between networks to broadcast. <laughs> They're recording this from an undisclosed location. My, my room is wrapped, it is lined with lead and tinfoil. I... I I hope we have more listeners than his newsletter had subscribers. <laughs> mm. well. And we also hope they won't be murdered. That's true. That's true. Uh, so we are on our yeah, maybe third season. Our third season. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> our third season of a free podcast. We're talking about the summer of 1997. And we are, uh, we are we're diving in here. Our uh, third episode. Joe, your choice. We are talking about conspiracy theory oh yeah it's uh i hadn't seen it since it came out and when i saw this on the list of movies released i thought this i thought this would be like a night uh one that was a little different than what we've done over the past two and a half seasons i think we'll have a good talk about this one so is that is that ultimately why you chose it just to throw a curveball uh yeah i wanted to do a a different genre and and i also just thought um it's the most Joe pick from the summer of nineteen. Yeah, it for sure is. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, it's just, I thought it would just be the most fun to talk about because it, um, I mean, it, we hits, talk a, it about, hits a lot of buttons. Yeah. And, and I think we live, I, I just think in our own contemporary cultural context, this one really, the bell tolls big time. I mean, this is a, we're in a conspiracy Latin era, unlike anything I've seen for 12, 17 years. 16 years i don't think there's ever been anything like this in terms of conspiracy theories because the last time this happened we didn't have social media yeah Yeah, that's and that's kind of what i was going to come into later is that we're in our first sort of fever pitch conspiracy theory um fueled era post you know twitter and facebook yeah so for our listeners, I if you haven't seen Conspiracy Theory or perhaps you were like us and you had seen it but didn't remember the details, I I uh, I, I always love to, to craft these little plot summaries. So real quick, uh, Jerry, played by Mel Gibson, is a cab driver by day and conspiracy theorist by night. And we see him stalking Alice, played by Julia Roberts, an attorney at the Justice Department. As always, guys, jump in at any moment. Uh He's, just so you know, this is just what Rob wants you to think it's about. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, so Jerry thinks everything is a conspiracy theory, and he actually sees something fishy, follows some what he thinks are CIA workers. CIA workers. He's captured, injected with LSD, and tortured by Dr. Jonas, played by Patrick Stewart. Uh, <laughs> Jerry escapes via wheelchair and goes to Alice. <laughs> <laughs> The greatest wheelchair scene since Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder, yeah. (laughs) She takes him to the hospital. They escape Dr. Jonas once again there. Dr. Jonas's men continue to attempt to capture Jerry. And weirdly, he just keeps screaming, my name is Jonas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
they attempt to capture Jerry throughout the movie in his apartment. They have an escape also through a movie theater. Uh, I'm kind of summarizing a lot there, but Alice learns that everyone who is receiving Jerry's newsletters, all five of them, is dead except for one person. She tracks that person down, ends up being Dr. Jonas, and we learn that Jerry was part of the MK Ultra project to mm-hmm. become an assassin. Uh, and Jonas, Dr. Jonas, is that Jerry is the person who had killed Alice's father, who was a victim in a murder. Twist. There are some cloak and dagger stuff as we end up at Alice's father's horse stables and find out that Jerry was actually friends of Alice's father and didn't kill him. And indeed, Jonas is the real villain. Dr. Jonas and his men attack again. Jerry is captured again. Alice comes to save him. There's a fight. Alice kills Jonas, but not before Jerry is killed by Jonas. The movie ends with the audience finding out that Jerry is indeed still alive, and <laughs> Alice is back to riding her horse. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the ending. It is just Quite. absolute, like the last half hour is just unbelievably insulting to the intelligence of the audience. Oh, I, I laughed so hard at the very final scene in this movie. Yeah, with yeah, you skip ahead thirty <laughs> seconds, but he had given her uh, like the cab driver's union pin. He's watching her ride her horse, and and he, apparently he surreptitiously put she had put the pin on his gravestone, and yep. he surreptitiously gets it onto part of her saddle, and then she looks down, finds it, and smiles, realizing, oh, he's actually still alive. And but then the movie ends. No, you forget oh, about then the, most the black important. helicopters. <laughs> yes. The black helicopters hover over. But even more importantly, you're forgetting. <laughs> It's Jerry in the back seat with uh, two other uh, two other government men, and they start singing "I Need You, Baby" together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie is a, and some of this is cribbed from what uh, Roger Ebert said. Uh, so Ebert kind of uh, talked about what he thinks happened when this movie was made, and it's that this is an this is a perfect example of a studio just trying to be like, what can we do? to make sure this makes money and just jamming as much as they can into it. And I didn't yeah. even know about the credit thing. You have the song thing. You have this, I mean, I don't even, romance between. It is, it, it is problematic <laughs> big time. <laughs> this like, this like, and I mean, it is sincerely done that there's like a He's real romance. Staring at her with binoculars through her window <laughs> while she's working out. Like, like. George McFly in the tree, yeah. but but we're supposed to think that it's endearing. It's, I have Travis Bickle actually gets to fall in love this time. Yes, <laughs> that's a perfect example. You have you like there's this is this is just a strange movie because there is like I, and I think this is why you picked it, Joe. There's like a there's like a kernel of like a really good idea behind this movie, which is like yeah. what if a conspiracy theorist was right? Right, that's cool. Yeah, that's like an interesting. It's an interesting rabbit hole to go down, but then it's like it's actually a thriller though too, and you're like, eh, it kind of isn't. I mean, if you I cut know- out <laughs> Julia Roberts and that entire part of this movie from it, it could be a really cool movie. Yeah, there is. There's definitely a great movie hiding here, mm. but yeah, the Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts is barely a character. I mean, she has some development in that she is mourning the loss of her father, but she's kind of manic pixie dream girl-esque and that she's just there for us to learn and care about Jerry. 
Yeah, and there's also, like, the reason I bristle a little bit, like, if there's a great movie in here is I don't know because as much as we are all Richard Donner fans, I feel like action sequence-wise, there's nothing really that memorable in this movie. Uh, Well, I I disagree. The wheelchair chase is very memorable. (laughs) I'm not saying it's good, but it's very funny. I'm sure we all agree that Richard Donner is not the person to make a conspiracy thriller. That's that's part of of it, too. Yeah, it is... is, uh, strange stuff but a couple compliments and I, I know for sure Duff you agree with me on this um, Mel Gibson's pretty, really good in this movie uh... yeah. I I was actually upset at how much I liked him in this movie which was, we have no reason to like him in this movie yeah I was I was mad at myself and then I remember it's like man like you almost forget in the 90s like oh that Mel Gibson he's likable yeah. Uh, let's go see a Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> well, he yeah. really put his heart and soul into this movie because he's basically playing his dad. Well, <laughs> so that's true. <laughs> I, I was going to say something. You like, you know that it's not realistic when none of these conspiracies involves uh, blacks or Jews. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because there are no hardcore conspiracy theorists who don't veer into racism that that venn diagram of uh conspiracy <laughs> theorists and racists that's a circle <laughs> yeah if you're a real conspiracy uh conspiracy theory head like i am it, in a way this is actually really disappointing because he doesn't actually like all he does is list things like he never yeah. says what he thinks or or veers into like sort of how it affects the world or anything uh, I actually wrote down a list of, of all the conspiracy theories that are mentioned in this movie, and I got to there's 15. And a lot of them are at the beginning. Yeah, the a beginning... lot of them are at the beginning when they do the opening credits. He's just driving people around this cab and, and babbling on and uh, about you know uh, different conspiracy theories. I'll, I'll just name a couple. Uh, someone yeah, he talks about those like uh, chipped pets are just a precursor to chipped humans, which that's good. True. <laughs> um, uh, he said that v- the Vietnam War was fought over a, a lost bet by Howard Hughes. Uh, we also have the Grateful Dead are British spies. And that's why they're yep. always on tour. And Jerry Garcia is still alive. Um, Oliver Stone is a is a disinformation agent. Uh, <laughs> that in, one I enjoyed. Put in by George Bush, which is I agree, it's good. Um, there's tracking devices and currency. That's what those metal strips are. Uh, here's like a, a strange conspiracy theory about a conspiracy theorist. Uh, he talks about how militia groups are actually UN soldiers. <laughs> that one yep. made me laugh out loud. Of course, and then some classics like you know fluoride isn't you know a mind control drug or whatever. And I and I think what I mean about I think Mel Gibson being good in this is the charming aspect. Is this is a like crazy shut in conspiracy theorist who like is stalking. Uh, uh, an attorney from the Justice Department from the very beginning. Yep. For every reason, I should despise this person. But because Mel Gibson plays him with this like boyish, like I don't even know how to, I don't know this sort of like this this sort of like charm that you're like ah, it's kind of what a, what a scamp. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> this movie halfway through even had a pretty easy out to get to make it so he was legit not as creepy with the stalking they could have said that stalking her was part of the mk ultra program so -hmm. this movie had that out and they're like nope he just he got distracted by her (laughs) 
that he he was at he was distracted by his mission and fell in love because love trumps all which is another geronimo this is another theme of this movie is that love conquers all right man yeah the whole geronimo (laughs) thing is is wow okay so we we should probably explain two things because that we've mentioned more than once first we, we should explain what mk ultra is on the list of conspiracy theories that he mentions this one's actually like real Yes, yeah, this is a real thing. Happened. In the movie, um, you find out that uh, Jerry is a product of MK Ultra, which was a secret. The cl- best Mortal Kombat game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> was that the name of one? No, but it should have been. It's oh, really sh- yeah. Boy, that would get people going. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was literally a CIA clandestine mind control operation program. Uh, basically, they would round people up and see. They wanted to see if they could use LSD to create uh, sleeper agents. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler, they couldn't, so they just <laughs> kind of pumped a bunch of people full of LSD for a long time. They would go to... Um, campuses, college campuses. Yeah, and but they would also send, like, go to the the places of, like, go to sex workers, and they would set up two-way, two-way mirrors, and they would ha- get John's visiting prostitutes, and they would dose them with LSD and then just observe the events. I mean, just s- terrible, sickening stuff. MK Ultra sort of culminates, and, and if you watch Wormwood, Errol Morris looks at the case of Frank Olson, and Frank Olson died mysteriously in, I think it was in, this was in the 60s, um, and he was part of the MK Ultra program, and so he tries to sort out... Um, it was, I think, ruled officially an accidental death, but the government admitted eventually to saying it's an accidental death as a result of, of a CIA experimentation with LSD. Now, here's what's fun about MK Ultra is that there's this core of truth to it. Now, there's also all sorts of conspiracy theories surrounding because we don't know everything about MK Ultra. I don't think all of it's been declassified. Uh, and, they delete. They deleted a, a bunch of like they yes. To del- destroyed files in classic like you couldn't make it up this is like oliver stone stuff is that uh they literally destroyed all the files they could in 1973 because the new cia director richard helms uh he didn't want it to get it out um but they've they found uh about twenty thousand documents and so we just kind of get bits and pieces which is uh, which is always what fuels a good conspiracy is where you have some of the truth yeah um and this is a new new part I didn't even know. In December 2018, declassified documents uh, included a letter to an unidentified doctor discussing work on six dogs made to run, turn, and stop via remote control and brain implants. <laughs> wow! Like so this is fence. this is uh, um, the program that Jerry is a product of. Yes. But yes. now, and this is another, you know, part of this conspiracy is that the MK Ultra was, to, yeah, as Duff said, to create super soldiers, right, or assassins or whatever. Uh, real life Manchurian candidates. And apparently, this happened to Jerry, and that's why his brain is broken. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, so Jerry was sent to kill Alice's dad, but yes. he couldn't do it. Yeah, that's like a weird, like, I sort of like this weird thing that happens in the movie. Like, I couldn't do it. Then we became friends, and he tried to help me, and I'm like, what? <laughs> movie goes a lot of places. <laughs> it goes, I mean, uh, I listen, we're, we're talking too much about probably the plot of this movie, but, like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, so halfway through the movie, I was like, what is Jerry even trying to do? 
Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I was saying before. It's like he doesn't have like a larger mission. No. But I, but I suppose that that is kind of realistic in a way because the grounding force of of conspiracists and conspiracism is helplessness. Uh, now, somebody that's in, like into that stuff would never admit it, but that is the grounding force of American uh, conspiracy theory is uh, uh, the underlying notion of, of just helplessness and inaction and that there's nothing you can do. They would never say that, but I, in my opinion, like that's the, the grounding feature of just all these kinds of people is they know all the answers to everything, but there's never any action that can come with it. Yeah, there's nothing because I mean, even here, right? Like, uh, ev- everything works out way better if, like, if Jared doesn't try to investigate the CIA thing. Like, nothing comes out of this, right? Like, he starts investigating it. He gets injected. He gets beat up. He gets away. Which, and then he, he like keeps stalking Alice and keeps. She, he gets her involved in it. Which, if he wouldn't have done that, then she wouldn't have even been part of the the concern but but then they wouldn't have been able to kill professor x yes that's true well but now jerry knows the truth yeah okay i guess he's he's not red pilled or whatever (laughs) which is the pill that makes you uh misogynist is that the red pill red pill yeah yeah so it turns you into a nazi (laughs) okay then we should talk about the other thing the geronimo thing and then geronimo yes so Um, his idea is that love is uh, what is it? Just being out of control or something like that? It's 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 being willing to it, love gives you wings. So his his <laughs> <laughs> so like you would jump from the Empire State Building, um, you just, for someone you loved and yell Geronimo on the way. Yes, and <laughs> and all through the movie he like writes Geronimo on stuff, and he like that's like the kind of like their safe word. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's it's bizarre, and it, it's it's very unearned and just silly. It's just like a clear like, why is this in this movie? And the the screenwriter for this movie, do you guys know what the movie he did after this was? I uh, do yeah. not. It's a very good one called L.A. Confidential. Oh, so like, it makes you wonder like what happened to this script. Like what? What? Like this? Like I said, feels like the studio was just like, well, we got to put a love. So we can't have Julie Roberts and Mel Gibson in a movie and not have them fall in love. Yeah. Yeah, I guarantee. I'm sure that the studio was. This was Warner Brothers or Paramount. Warner yeah, Brothers. Brothers. Uh, I'm uh, sure that because I like I'm the sure, way they use the logo in the beginning. Oh uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. Turns. I'm sure that this movie started with Mel Gibson and Richard Donner make a lot of money together. Yep. And then I was like, oh, let's look at the pile of scripts we got. Whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> and then it, they land on conspiracy theory. It's like, oh, we need something so women will go. What do women like? <laughs> and, and this is like buying low on Julia Roberts, as we talked last week. This would have been like yeah. kind of the down part I'm, of her career. I am sure, I'm sure that this movie was made by Focus Group with the same type of skill that goes into uh warner brothers dc comic book movies yeah that's that's, that's just probably a good just way to like put it. we own some intellectual property in this case mel gibson and richard donner what are we gonna do um how would you say this movie compares to uh classic conspiracy films badly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, it's i would as well i guess yeah but it, i i think it's still worth watching as a 
as a very interesting look at, at what the 90s were like, though. So, okay, so you asked how does this compare to classic conspiracy movies, and I this might be a better jumping off point. As I thought about it, there's it used to be there were two kind of big waves of conspiracy films, and the first that cropped up were very political in nature, and this was, I think, the 70s is looked at as the great American cinema decade, but also for conspiracy movies because you had, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, uh, three, do- three, three days of the Condor. Three days of the Condor, Parallax View, uh, All the President's Men, obviously. Um, maturing, well, maturing candidates in the 60s, yeah, I guess. Is uh, taxi Driver has conspiracy elements, Chinatown. Um, and it's no coincidence that this is all revolving around uh, Watergate and Vietnam imploding. And sure. That's the first conspiracy theory wave was very much of political disenfranchisement and discontent. And, you know, then it's the, the 80s come around, film changes rapidly, and everyone just gets high on cocaine and Reaganism. Um, but then the 90s come around and it starts off with Oliver Stone doing his conspiracy thing, which is very much rooted in that 70s uh, style. But mm-hmm. 90s conspiracy stuff is more rooted in the internet and technology. Information. Information. X-Files now is probably the, the really huge one. Um, Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State. And where conspiracy theory kind of falls flat is that it doesn't really t- embrace either all the way. Because you've got, you've got the great basis for uh, kind of the political conspiracy theory or thriller, which is MK Ultra, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of a means to an ends. Like that's such yeah. an interesting subject, and it gets talked about for all five minutes. And then you have a little bit of the the more information technology stuff, where Jerry prints his own newsletter and is very resourceful. With. This is even like the era of like, I mean, it's joked about a lot, but like the net came out around this time. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all very, you know, it's all of a sudden conspiracy theories become more democratized because it used to be there were gate holders, which is why there's kind of this group of classic conspiracies. Like you used to have to, you used to have some type of printing press, like, or at least access to a copier. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like you would get conspiracy information from the back of something like the village voice. Like you would just sign up for random newsletters or something like that. And they also, I think why this doesn't work as well as it could is that it, they're, they're weirdly like the government is helping him of this with this unnamed intelligence agency is the people who end up, and an attorney in the justice department are the people who are helping him in this battle against like this rogue element of the state. Yeah, the made-up agency or agency that we couldn't bother to get an acronym for. <laughs> that annoyed me a lot. Also, like, this movie suffers because we're supposed to be, like, very worried about the, you know, this this huge conspiracy that this uh, Jonas and his group have pulled off. And every time we watch Dr. Jonas and his people, they are the most incompetent group <laughs> of, like, 
I, of of anything. They're terrible. They fail every time they try to do anything. He escapes via wheelchair the first time. Yeah, he pulls off this, the old switching cars on a bridge thing. Yeah. <laughs> he ties a cop car to a fruit cart. Yeah. yeah. That scene I liked. That scene I liked. I do like that, but again, like you said, you're supposed to be clandestine spies who are constantly casing, and you don't see Jerry behind your car. <laughs> Latching it to a fruit shoving stand. bananas in your tailpipe. Yeah, but so he put you... on the, but he put on the Yankees hat, so he's uh, he's undercover. <laughs> so would you guys mind me trying to put this in to kind of a larger context? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, so I guess we maybe should have started this, but um, I think Duff, you recommended this book to me. Jesse Walker wrote the United States of Paranoia. Yeah, I read that for a book club okay. a year or two ago. And he he basically gives conspiracy theory the Joseph Campbell treatment. And he says that there's really five primal myths that fuel... And this is kind of getting into more what I wanted to, to, to get into here. That every conspiracy theory is a product of one or more of these primal myths. And, and, and these sorts of conspiracy theories have been around since the colonial era. The first is there's the enemy outside... I would say that that would be like uh, when the, like like a foreign element. Yeah, xenophobia or foreign element is going to come in and corrupt. It's like communists, right? The the other, mm-hmm. the they, the, yes, the enemy within. So that there's this force within the culture that's trying to corrupt and destroy it. Uh, would that would that be government? Would be that? No, I think uh, that's more like well, maybe hippies. No, it would it would yeah, hippies would be a great example of the enemy within, okay. the enemy above. Uh, that that could be, you know, like uh, George Soros would be like the enemy above for like your contemporary conspiracy theorist, right? Okay. The enemy below. Uh, that and that that Chuds? could maybe uh, Chuds? <laughs> that could tremors. Be like, 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 <laughs> yeah, tremors. That could be like migrants, right? And then you have the and then the fifth one is the benevolent conspiracy. So there's the idea that there's a secret force working behind the scenes to improve people's lives. And and we're going to talk about our favorite conspiracy theories later. Mine would, I think, be a form of the benevolent conspiracy, but okay. we'll come back to that later. So, I I think that, that so in the '90s, I I think Duff's not. I don't think you're wrong. We're saying that it's technology, but I think a big one, product, a big thing going on in the '90s, and the X Files is also the probably the prime example of this. But there's a lot of other movies too. Is is aliens, extraterrestrials? Yeah. Like the '90s, I think was like the golden era of. Like alien and UFO and extraterrestrial related conspiracy theories. Would you? Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, that you definitely had a big surge with uh, Independence Day and X Files in like ninety ninety six or so. Yeah, like, uh, Fire uh, in the Sky, Men in Black. Yeah, ninety seven. So, yep. So so alien abduction and and, and stories like that were really big in the nineties, and and I think that, uh, and then sort of in the eighties. Like I think a lot of like the enemy within stuff was it was came back to the devil, devil worshippers, heavy metal, like uh, maybe in communism too. Yeah, in, yeah, in but 80s. but not communism, not not to like the sort of like quite as an insane degree as it was in like the fifties. Sure, but but yeah, I I but I I'm just trying to point out things that like kind of were unique to the era, and I think seventies okay. and eighties like there's a lot of like conspiratorial and, and, and fears of like Satanism and Satan worship. You had a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons backlash in the late seventies and early eighties. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's a devil stuff. Okay. I got and it. Then, and then the, yeah, the sixties and seventies, you know, you still have, you're still in like getting the John Birch society, crazy stuff about communists, but then you also have sort of a 
a well-founded, I would argue, skepticism of the government that uh, as, that peaks, I guess, with Watergate. And, and so, yeah, like you guys, as you guys mentioned, you have aliens, movies. you have alien abduction stuff in the 50s, too. I think would be a, another. But I think those another. were often just stand ins for uh, like communists, like uh, the invasion of the body snatchers. That That's a that's a afraid of the commies movie more than it is okay. an aliens one. But no, you're right. There's tons of them back then, too. And, and a lot of anxiety about the nuclear age as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think I, I really enjoy and, and then and then if we're thinking about our our sort of adult lives, when you, when you get into the first decade of the 21st century, now now you're moving again to the uh, sort of the enemy. Well, you have on the left sort of the enemy above with all those conspiracy theories that pop up about Bush and 9-11 trutherism and things like that. And then you also have sort of the enemy outside stories where basically everyone is terrified of Muslims, mm-hmm. <laughs> which persists. Of mm-hmm. course, yeah, but uh, it's pronounced it's pronounced Muslims. <laughs> so I, I I just think that that looking at movies and television is is a great way, especially with the benefit of hindsight and looking back at what we're afraid of, and I and I do think it really is remarkable how how much conspiracy theories like bubble up to the surface in movies. But I think a lot of people think conspiracy theory is really the first big movie that is talking about some conspiracy theories that were bubbling around on the in the right fringes of the right for a long time. I don't know if any uh, any movies brought up black helicopters before this one. At least in the in mainstream films. Not that I'm aware of. I can't think. I just think of I just think of the end of Goodfellas, but that's a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I I think that this movie really and and this is why like I, I come out of it with kind of a bad taste in my mouth. If you took uh, a hardcore conspiracy theorist and had them make a movie. This is the movie they would make. This is this is basically a love letter. This is this is a, a filmed version of the delusions of a conspiracy theorist, right? Yeah. Well, it's He's, like he, it's like Rob said. I think. What if Travis Bickle was the good guy? Yeah, that's great. I mean, I agree. And so he, he everyone thinks he's crazy in the beginning, but it turns out that he's right. And then he falls in love and uh, with one of the most beautiful women in the world falls in love with him. And, and it turns out he's right once. Like, there's that, too. Like, what does not yeah. mean everything else he said was right? <laughs> he, he was right one time. So you're never going to believe he, this. He, but- it, was, it was just the odds. Like, eventually, yeah. <laughs> eventually, eventually those, those monkeys are going to type Hamlet. Just, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're never going to believe this, but a lot of conspiracy theorists uh, watched this movie and felt vindicated by it. Are you shocked? No, I am, um, including I a mean, uh, noted Holocaust denier, Michael A. Hoffman II. There, there, there is definitely, like I said, in, in part of it is the charm that Mel Gibson gives that character. Like, he makes this clearly insane person, it makes it sort of lovable. Like, oh, look at his fun little apartment. And, like, even in the movie when they go down to, like, the, the second area, his second apartment, and there's this giant poster like collage he made for her like she's she gets over that you know what i mean like that's a that's an insanely dark thing and this somehow like makes it seem like but that's okay because he loves her and and to be fair this movie was hardly alone and effed up gender gender representations and courtship and whatnot so you're right in that even in 1997 that should have been a turnoff for audiences but it wouldn't be as big a turnoff if that makes sense. That's no, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I no, I'm still thinking about that horse mural painting. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I w- uh, the question I would have for you guys though is like, is is this movie bad for like? Does this do harm? Do we do we make uh, does does this do active harm? I guess like or do you think like this movie came and went and it, it I I don't matter. think it's remembered enough to do harm. I I don't really think this movie is in the zeitgeist at all. No, no, I don't think um, it is either. See, I don't think it did harm because the type of people who would be encouraged by this type of movie are really loud about it, and I've never heard conspiracy theory come up. That's, That's my true. logic. I, I mean, I, I think there is, you know, there is certain harm of, of, of taking a look at that Mel Gibson character in here, Jerry, and making him seem like this likable, aw shucks, like, you know, isn't that fun? How, you know, even though, like, if you were, you know, if this if this was your Uber driver, you'd be terrified and you'd give it a low rating. <laughs> if this movie comes out in 2019, like, isn't everybody on 4chan, like, thrilled about it? Yes. I think that. I guess that that's the best way yes. to sum up what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guarantee if the exact same movie came out today. Um, well, for, the four channers would get mad because nothing was said about blacks or Jews, but then they would. But generally... they would take the casting of Mel Gibson as a code that, yeah. uh, that the movie yes. endorses it. Yes. Should we talk about Mel Gibson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Robbie, I mean, is kind of taken in by him in this movie. Yeah, I like I think, him too. I honestly, I liked him a lot. So, you, so I guess you guys are both still able to watch his older movies and um, kind yeah, of set you, aside what you know about him off the screen. Yes, yeah, I absolutely can. Um, I think I'll still some watch actors we can, and some actors we can't. You know, I'll still watch Braveheart. I'll still watch Mad we'll Max. Wait, wait, hold on. Let's yeah. go back to this. <laughs> you, you just uh, you have three hours to kill on a Saturday, and you pop in. <laughs> Braveheart? I, I, I'll still watch Braveheart. You 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 want to see even by movie standards a very inaccurate movie? Yeah, yeah but it's fun. It's a fun. It's what a fun you, romp. He's drawn and quartered at the end. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? It's fun. It's really depressing. They also have. Isn't there? Isn't there? His wife uh, is raped and killed. Are you thinking of <laughs> Lethal Weapon? No. <laughs> Listen, I'm all right with Braveheart. I'm all right with Braveheart. Like Braveheart is problematic. Uh. Like in in many ways, but I've you know to me it's just kind of stupid at this point. Like it just it's such a self important and really inaccurate movie where inspired by a poem. (laughs) It's used in a pretty funny way in the second season of Barry. Um, It's referenced (laughs) in a pretty funny way. That that's the first time I had thought about it in a long time. Um, yeah, Mel Gibson, like, I don't, like, I, I, my, my Mel Gibson relationship is the Mel Gibson movies that I used to like, I still kind of like, but going to see a new Mel Gibson movie, I have no interest in. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not going to go see his movie where he's a, da- daddy's cop, home, a racist cop who gets put on suspension or whatever that movie is. Should we dive into our favorite conspiracy theories? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to suggest that. We're getting close to an hour here. Uh, uh, Duff, Duff, why don't you start? Uh, so mine is kind of lighthearted compared to a lot of the ones that we've talked about. Uh, <laughs> but I think everyone is kind of familiar with it to an extent. But uh, you guys know the story of New Coke, right? Kind uh, of. And where of it? Why don't you... Uh... Well, so... Uh, I in, don't really know much about it. In the early honest. 80s... 
uh, during the Cola Wars, which is the stupidest thing ever, but it happened. Hold on, what? The Cola Wars. I mean, isn't that ongoing? Isn't uh, Coke and Pepsi, aren't they always competing? Yeah, or? but there was this period in the 1980s known as the Cola Wars where they I were- I did re- not know about this. Yeah, uh, it's- we could do an ep- I could do an episode on that, but- <laughs> Just stop <laughs> talking about Coke. Yeah. We sh- our um, side project should be- <laughs> <laughs> this is the Duff Joe side project. Is uh, <laughs> things like the Cola Wars? Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, okay, I'll read this really quickly. Cola Wars is a term which emerged in the U.S. in the 1980s. It was coined to describe the advertising and marketing tactics of Coca-Cola and Pepsi against each other. Oh, so did they more directly like call each other out in their ads? Yes, kind of like, like I, what like Bud Light and Miller Light were doing. Bud Light was doing in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, like the I th- syrup thing. I think so. Well, I remember. Yeah. Pepsi had, uh, for a while, they had a slogan, the choice of a new generation, which is, this ain't your daddy's cola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, there, I want to say it was like 1982 or 83, early 80s, uh, Coca-Cola redid their formula for no reason. There's mm-hmm. like, oh, we're just going to redo the they Wait, panicked. Yeah. They panicked. Yeah, they were, we're going to take the most icon- probably the most iconic American product other yeah. than what other than like Mickey Mouse. Maybe the most iconic product period. General. Yeah, yeah period. And uh, we're going to change it. For just cuz there's another product. So, instead of just betting on our brand, let's just throw it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh so 1985, uh Coca-Cola was losing market share and they developed New Coke. And they tested it, and they're like, oh, this is so great. Everyone loves this. Um, They had a bunch of focus grouping, uh, and so they launched it. And it started off that it was really strong, but that was just a disaster. People hated it. The long and short of it is they brought back Coke, and that's why Coke is called uh, Coke Classic. So sometimes you hear Coke Classic, that's what that means. Coke Classic wasn't around. So that... And that's how uh, New Coke kind of became advertising, uh, emboldened in advertising, and just in general culture for something stupid that was done for no reason. Yes. Okay. Uh, so my favorite. So there's a theory. There's a conspiracy that, theory yeah. around. Yeah, this. I didn't know there's a conspiracy theory uh, around it. I'm I I cannot tell you how excited I am right now. Uh, one. There's actually a couple. But one of them, the the most famous conspiracy theory is that New Coke was bad on purpose. That the whole <laughs> that the whole thing I was believe a, it I'm was in. a big publicity stunt. So okay. because they would get, you know, it's the old uh, the old adage: "There's no such thing as bad publicity." Okay. So you make an intentionally bad product from make the most people wa- make people want your product. You make people miss the old one, mm-hmm. and then so that's. That's really all there is to it. Except I one hundred percent believe that's true. When I often see people say like, "What's your favorite conspiracy theory that you one hundred percent believe?" and I don't know if I one hundred percent, but I think it's very probable. Although one of the executives says, "We're not that dumb and we're not that smart." <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, which is a great comeback for pretty much every conspiracy theory. Joe, I'm guessing yours is a little more serious than mine, so I think you should go next. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 hilarious to me too, but it's I wanted to pick someone our fans could get involved with. Okay, <laughs> so I wanted to pick one going on now. So if you follow, um, if you have enough answer uncles 
on Facebook <laughs> that you're friends with and you haven't hid them from your feed yet, there's a decent chance at least one of them has been pulled in by QAnon. Um, how familiar are you guys with with Q with QAnon? I'm I'm somewhat familiar, but 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 not much more than I know it exists and it's silly. <laughs> it's it's extremely it's, silly. It's silly even by conspiracy theory standards. Um, this is one of the, this is kind of like Bitcoin, where like I get the gist to know that it's stupid, but <laughs> <laughs> like I, I've I've scanned enough articles and read enough, but like, do I know all the ins and outs? No, I just know it's stupid. It's well, then you don't it, know what you're talking about, Duff. <laughs> This combines a lot of my passions, which is is uh, you know insane right wing conspiracy theories, and and pretty much all conspiracies theories, at least in the United States, are right wing, um, and boomers, and it seems <laughs> like 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 boomers are by far by far the the largest group of like uh, QAnon believers. I'm not gonna give the full thing because it it has gotten so complicated. It's it's sort of like a doomsday cult, I would say, because. Uh, so Q is supposedly somebody with top secret clearance from the Department of Energy. No one knows who Q is, but they started posting on 4chan. And oh Q This is already going great. Yeah. I mean, a person started posting on October 28th of 2017. So if you've ever seen like um, an aunt or uncle referencing Q or referencing like where we go one, we go all, like you, their brains are fully broken. And um, you probably that's probably why they don't get invited to Thanksgiving anymore. If you're wondering, <laughs> basic thrust of this is that these elites have been getting away with like uh, having sex with kids and like eating. Adre- I think it's called adrenochrome, which is like a hormone produced by the brain. OK, like, this, is all- the, this is what the liberal elites are doing. Primarily, weirdly, yeah, believe it or okay. not, just the liberal elites. Yep. You know, now, Did okay. Pizzagate and- stem from Q? Pizzagate is uh, sort of an offshoot of it, and 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 when things like that pop up, like you know, QAnon always folds it in. But um, Pizzagate happened first. I think so. again, there, Pizzagate was again. There's probably th- a lot of overlap in this Venn diagram. Yes. yes. So basically, there is widespread you know pedophilia and child sex abuse among elites, and Donald Trump and his allies according to q like hillary clinton has been i believe in jail for a year and a half now Mm -hmm. and uh i did not know this that all these elites have already been indicted they're already in jail and it's just this massive cover-up but eventually um there will be the storm will come when they'll all be sort of publicly uh arrested publicly sort of paraded as these sex criminals and okay. the the storm the date for the storm has been predicted and come and gone several times by now and it's infrastructure week is that what it is <laughs> yeah and like that mil remember trump's military parade yeah yeah so that q said that that was basically that that was when the storm was going to come and of course that like never happened like none of this stuff ever happens but like a doomsday yeah. cult that predicts the end of the world like the more stuff they move they move the not- goalposts yeah, yeah the more it, things get proven to not be true the more conspiracy theorists double down on things, right? Uh, if, the same if, thing happens with that conspiracy theory that um, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead, right? You guys yeah. have heard that one? Yep. Yeah. And the more, like, when people post pictures of her being alive because uh, she's alive, uh, then people, that just makes them double down. Like, oh, that's clearly a fake, right? Sure. So Q sends these, like, uh, posts on 4chan. I, I don't know if they're still posting on there. 
Uh, pretty sure they are. And uh, so basically, the the rich uh, leftist elites have been um, having sex with kids and like killing babies and eating them and eating their brains for <laughs> decades now. And Donald Trump was elected finally to bring these people to justice. Who is Q? This is my favorite part of the theory. John F. Kennedy Jr. Okay. Who's not, John F. Who is not dead. He faked his death. And okay. has been living underground since 1999. And uh, there are all kinds of key, uh, clues in George Magazine. <laughs> that was his magazine when he was the, alive. Remember that? The yeah. So I was gonna say so. It's but it's not new issues. Uh, like I wanted to say, George still isn't secretly publishing. It's the clues are in the 90s. Yes. Issues. Okay. Got it. And so they, there's this guy. Um, that they think is John F. Kennedy Jr. and that he's Q and that he's been attending Trump rallies. And he and then the other another theory is that Q is actually Donald Trump. But most people think yeah, yeah, Q is someone with like top secret clearance. He posted some picture that people think was from Air Force One once, so they think he's very close to Trump. And ba- so basically the goalposts are always moving. The date of the, when the storm will come is always changing. And um, when you search for like Q or QAnon on Twitter, like click on the hashtag, you see just beautiful, beautiful things. Um, Boomer brain fully just uh, fully turned into like a rotten sponge. Okay. Joe, do you agree or disagree with the following statement? People should listen to Supertramp. Agree. I do as well. Supertramp is an excellent band from the 70s. Um, there is a conspiracy theory. That they warned us about 9-11. <laughs> oh. And it sounds silly. I actually do know this one. It's from the cover like the cover of Breakfast in America or something, right? Yep. If you look at the cover of Breakfast in America, it is uh it is from uh the point of view is from a plane flying <laughs> with New York City in the background. There is a waitress holding up a uh orange juice right in front of the World Trade, uh, World Trade Towers, that looks kind of like fire. <laughs> the uh, the album is even telling us what time of the day it's going to happen. Breakfast in America, and this seems silly, right? But no, if you take at all. that album cover and you hold it up to a mirror, the U and the P from the word Supertramp in the background, which is directly behind the World Trade Center. If yeah. you look at that in the mirror, it says 9-11. Oh, I can see it. Yeah. Yep. Super Tramp tried to warn us. They tried to warn us. They told us everything they, except- They were bloody well right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they told us everything we needed to know. There's there's like this. The theory goes farther uh, in our show notes on uh, on our website. I'll post the, the Vimeo video where this guy came up with this. Um, but there's some other stuff about like connections to the Book of Revelation and how one of the people who financed the band or the album is wearing a Masonic pendant in a photo. But it seems pretty clear to me, guys. We should have listened to Supertramp. Uh, Bush kept getting uh, the CIA kept sending him copies of of Breakfast in America, and he refused to listen to it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Should we close? Do we have anything else we want to say before I... Next week, we have another movie, which I have... I don't think I've ever seen, uh, and uh, that is... I, I don't think anyone's ever seen it. <laughs> ever. I've um, seen it. G.I. Jane. I've seen it. 
G.I. Jane. <laughs> so we are uh, continuing 97, summer of 97. We're going to check out Demi Moore's G.I. Jane and uh, should be fun. I'm very interested in seeing how that movie ages. Not well. <laughs> okay. We'll see. All right, and listeners, you can uh, go to uh, join our Facebook group at uh, freepodcast.com slash freeloaders. You could go to iTunes and write us a review. and uh, Send in your favorite conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's a good one. Send us your favorite conspiracy theories. You can go to the Facebook group, which I just mentioned where to go do that, or you could send us an email at midnightboyspod at gmail.com. We accept manifestos. (laughs) We reserve the right to make fun of them on air. That's true. And uh, we will continue the summer of 97 next week.